Hello, Dwala fam. You are officially on air with Jake and Corinne in episode numero uno of Dwala Talk, our weekly podcast where we'll be covering all sorts of topics that are sent in by you, our fans. Currently, we have zero fans because this is podcast one, but we're assuming we will gain some fans over the next couple weeks. So without any further ado, Corinne and I are going to jump in to a little bit of info on our background with CrossFit and the reasons we got started with Dwala. I'm going to let my beautiful wife, Corinne, kick it off. Hey, guys. Um, so I actually started CrossFit in like December 2011, December so, okay. 2011, January 2012. And I started it because I, you know, was at UGA and I'd gotten out of shape because of obvious reasons, just eating too much in the food halls and, you know, not paying attention to working out enough and watching my diet. So my sister actually, uh, she's the reason I started because she was an equestrian, which means she rode horses, which in my book was not the most athletic mm-hmm. activity, but I assure you it is. Is that considered a sport? It is considered a sport. Okay. Sorry um, if you're an equestrian and you're listening to this. It is considered that a sport. That was a legitimate question. It's actually a very hard sport. But um, anyways, uh, you know, back in high school, middle school, my sister and I, when we would work out together, because my parents are both super fit and they always were great influences on us um, to stay in shape. Um, when I got to college, my fitness definitely took a decline and my sisters started to get a lot better, a lot faster. And so one winter we went home back to Canada and uh, I will never forget, we ran a mile on the treadmill together, and she ran like an eight-minute mile, and I think I ran like a 12-minute mile, and I was dying. I mean, I was dead, done. I thought like my lungs were going to explode. I remember asking my sister, though, who had never been a good runner ever, or a good swimmer, or really good at any kind of cardio, and I'm like, what are you doing? What have you done to be able to run a mile, not only faster than me, but at actual decent mile pace? And she told me about this thing called CrossFit. Naturally, I thought she was the weirdest person ever, and I made fun of her for it. Uh, and I did not. I think take we've it, all we've all been there with somebody I telling us we're crazy. Did for doing not this. take it seriously. I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. And this is the phase of CrossFit where everyone wore those finger shoes. <laughs> the Vibram five the fingers. The Vibram five fingers. If you're new to CrossFit, you have to go Google Vibram so five bad. fingers. We'll actually do a podcast in the future on the <laughs> history of CrossFit, so you guys can hear some crazy stuff. So, anyways. Um, Made fun of my sister for it. Probably took me, I guess, a few weeks. Because it might have been Thanksgiving break when we did uh, that run. But um, anyhow, long story short, uh, my sister told me about CrossFit. I made fun of her for it. And then lo and behold, a few weeks or maybe a month or so later, I walk into a CrossFit gym. And it was a super grungy gym. Old school garage. It was an old auto body shop. Just oil stains everywhere, the door to the bathroom didn't even really close or work, there's no toilet paper, no soap, um, super hardcore rap music. Uh, it's pretty different from Dwala. Very different. Very different. But the minute I walked in, I saw these women like super fit and just uh, super inspirational because they were doing all these heavy weights and they were swinging on the bar doing crazy things that now I know what they are, but back then I thought there was magic happening. Um Anyhow, I did one workout, 10-minute AMRAP. I think it was 10 push-ups, 10 calorie row. Left, paid my first full month, didn't look back. And that's it. That's how I started. Boom. Boom. Cool. Jake. All right, I will take you back a little further. So I started just a little while before Corinne. 
Um, but first I'll take you back is to when I was 17. So I had a back surgery. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I was a month away from going and playing college football. I certainly didn't really want to play college football. Uh, but when you're 17 and your parents offer you a car for going and playing a sport for getting a full ride, uh, you do pretty much everything in your power to make sure that happens. So, um, long story short, back surgery when I was 17, ended up going and, and sort of playing football, ended up signing a full ride. But, uh, the doctor after my surgery said he would recommend me not playing football, which as soon as he said that I was perfectly fine with. So I left Tennessee Chattanooga, ended up transferring back home, uh, was doing some community colleges and whatnot, just trying to get some credits. And then one day back, uh, this would have been early 2010, I saw my old economics teacher on Facebook. This was back when Facebook was a much better place. You just fill in your status every day about how you felt, which was, which was really nice. But I saw him post a picture of him uh, doing sledgehammer swings and tire flips. And I was like, what is this guy doing? I have no idea what he's up to. So I ended up sending him a message just asking him, you know, what, what are you doing? What is, what, why are you doing this crazy stuff? But it, it reminded me of my wrestling practices back in the day. So he told me he was at a gym, a local gym. Uh, I sent the owner a message and the next morning I showed up, actually it was afternoon, I showed up for the 4.30 class thinking I was a hot shot because I was a college football player. He then proceeded to ask me to do pull-ups. I could do zero pull-ups. That didn't feel very good. I knew that I was in love after 30-minute AMRAP, uh, which if you guys know me, I'm a little bit like Joel. I do like the cardio probably a little too much. Um, but after those first 30 minutes, I knew I was hooked. Uh, I spent the summer doing CrossFit uh, in Marietta, and then I went off to school to Athens. Didn't really find a gym that I loved right off the bat until about two years later, Karen and I had become friends. Um, not boyfriend, girlfriend yet, just true, actual friends. And she uh, she actually went up to the park with me to do a workout. And I'm like, oh, it's Corinne. There's no way that she can't do anything. She's not in any good Guys, shape. just so you know, in college when Jake and I met, I was not fit. I mean, I was a little heavier. You were a little heavier, but you, you weren't the freak athlete that you are now. Fit. But when we went to the park, I still remember this vividly. We were doing some running and, and some just some different stuff around the park. And they had a little ROTC course. And Corinne hopped up in the bar and did something like seven kipping pull-ups. Um, she might have she might have even done strict. you might have even strict. done strict yeah you might have even strict. done strict. Um, and I remember looking at her and being like, "What the world is this girl doing? What has she been doing all summer?" I thought she was just like hanging out, drinking, and eating all summer, but apparently she was not. I had an obsession with uh, almond joys one summer and came back to school like twelve pounds heavier. That's when Jake knew me. Twelve might be an understatement, babe, but. But besides that, uh, so, so we went and did that workout, and, and the next thing I said was, what are you doing? She said, oh, I've been doing CrossFit. And then I proceeded to tell her about how much more I knew about CrossFit than she did because I had started two years ago, even though I was on a long hiatus. Uh, and the next morning at 6 a.m., I showed up to the gym with Corinne, and pretty much since that day, 2011, 2012-ish, we have not stopped going to the gym almost every single day since then. Um, and that's what kind of led me into wanting to open a gym. So that's kind of what we'll go with next, right? Yep. So um, we graduated from UGA. I got a degree. 2013. 2013. May of 2013, we graduated. Um, and actually, funny fact, Jake and I both opted out of walking at graduation because we thought it was like kind of a waste of time. For us personally, so my family still makes fun of me because they're like, "Did you even actually graduate? Because you don't have pictures." But I did, 
And my degree is in Romance Languages, which is very fitness-oriented. And mine is Sports Management. I'm still not even exactly sure how I graduated, but my advisor told me that I had all my credit hours, so I just took it and ran, and <laughs> yeah. now I'm officially graduated somehow. Um, excuse the background noise. One of our dogs right now is actually drinking water. We Rosie. Have, we have four large animals. so We'll we do are, a video podcast soon so right. you guys can see them. We're the Francis Family Zoo as well. Um, so back to uh, us starting CrossFit Dwala. Well, really, Jake opened up CrossFit Dwala, which he'll go into that story in a minute. I actually graduated from EGA, uh, moved to the city, and was pursuing trying to go to medical school, kind of toured around with maybe becoming a PA or a nurse practitioner, trying to figure out what I could do to make an impact on the world. So I was going back to school, doing uh, post-back work, finishing my my prereqs for that. Started coaching at another gym in downtown Atlanta called CrossFit RX, which a lot of you guys may know Mm -hmm. already. Um, And meanwhile, Jake was up in East Cobb working on opening Dwala, so he'll take the lead from here. Yeah, so I actually wasn't totally in East Cobb. After I graduated uh, in May of 2013, I moved to Zimbabwe, which is where we're getting the name Dwala, which I'll, I'll tap on here in just a second. But uh, I moved over to Zimbabwe with some of my buddies and my brother for what was supposed to be about five or six months. Um, and about month three, I believe it was, I woke up one morning and I was like, that's it. I'm ready to go home. And I loved my experience in Zimbabwe. I can't wait to take Corinne there. Um, I would take any of you that are listening. Anytime you ever wanted, you guys are welcome to go with me. But I woke up one morning and just knew that it was time to go. Um, called my parents. I begged them to let me come home. Um, for the last year, probably leading up to this, I already knew that I wanted to open up a gym. There was no doubt in my mind. I was opening up a CrossFit gym. I already knew the general location of where that would be. I grew up and went to Walton High School. So as you guys know, we are just around the corner from Walton. uh, And I just knew that there needed to be, in my opinion, a better gym in the area. I was like, look, I'm going to come home. I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm going to open up a CrossFit gym, which when you're 16 and 17, the only thing you have to say is like, you're never going to move back to East Cobb and you're never going to live. Yeah, well, that didn't last long. That lasted all of three years. Uh, But I moved back in 2013. Um, While I was affiliating, I was trying to come up with names. So you, you have to have, you know, a distinct name either before or after the word CrossFit. And I tried some different things. And then one of my buddies actually, who was in Zimbabwe with me, Daniel, which a lot of you guys probably know coach Daniel, who's now lawyer Daniel. Uh, that's kind of funny to say, but, uh, but lawyer Daniel told me, Hey, what about CrossFit Dwala? And Dwala is more of like a, a geographical reference of where we were living. So out in the middle of Zimbabwe, we, we were out with no running water, no electricity. We lived on a 3,000 acre farm. Uh, we taught English in the schools. We went and worked with the widows. I mean, you name it, we were doing it. Every morning we'd wake up and have a different task. But then when we'd go into the city, when you see five white guys walking around Zimbabwe, that's not the most common thing you've ever seen. So a lot of people would stop us and say, hey, where, what are you guys doing here? Where, you know, where are you living? And so we'd always just tell people, oh, we're living out in the Dwalas, um, which if you really want to break it down, it just means rock. Well, Which, isn't it a rocky area? To yeah, you kind of. Yeah. Well, it's it's also difficult because all of the different dialects you have in Zimbabwe and surrounding countries, everybody's kind of got a little different spin on it. But if you really wanted to just break it down, it's almost like Stone Mountain. Um, but the area that I lived is Stone Mountain, but it's the Stone Mountain 100 miles in every direction. It's as far as the eye can see, you just see rolling granite hills. Um, and I just I just loved my experience there. And it was a really, you know, molding aspect to my life. Like I felt like I grew a lot while I was there. And so 
I wanted to, to, to kind of play off of the whole Zimbabwe part because it's a, it's still an important piece to me. And we've actually got a couple fundraisers we're about to start rolling out here. Uh, so everybody on our members page, you guys will hear about this coming up, but we're going to actually help build a community center in this village that I lived in. And again, you have to remember, this is nothing like most of us have ever seen before. There's no running water. There's no electricity. There's maybe a few cars in the entire village. Um, just to get into the main cities takes you about an hour and a half on a dirt road and it's only probably 15 miles, but it's so bumpy and, and, and rugged that it's almost impossible to make it in the city for most families who are living out there. So we are actually working on building a community center. Uh, we've actually found a donor who is willing to match up to $10,000 in donations, um, to anything that we can put forward as a gym or, or doesn't even have to be members of the gym to, to commit to this. But again, we'll roll out a lot more information on that leading up to so the time. This kind of brings us full circle to, you know, Jake had this wonderful experience in Zimbabwe um, doing community outreach uh, work. And uh, along with me being, working in Atlanta and trying to figure out, okay, how can I make a career out of helping people um, and truly, you know, making an impact and like ful fulfilling my needs as a human being, you know, in my career, in my job. And so Douala, um, really for us, the biggest, the biggest piece of it, that's most, the most important part for us is the community. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, you know, we, yes, we own a CrossFit gym and yes, we are very focused on our, on our fitness and getting stronger and faster and leaner and eating right and measuring our foods and all these things. But at the end of the day, you know, the, if you look at the CrossFit pyramid, it has, um, it, t it tells you like the, the importance of each piece of CrossFit, you know, mm -hmm. aerobic capacity, gymnastics, weightlifting, nutrition, they have, it's all kind of tiered out for you. For us, if we were to draw out the CrossFit Dwala pyramid, the very bottom, the biggest chunk of our pyramid, of our pyramid would be the community, mm -hmm. the relationships. Yeah. Um, and so for us, Douala is, it is our home. It is our family. Um, that is, that is our core right there. Our number one priority day in and day out is actually not the fitness of our members. It's the emotional well-being of our members. Cause mm -hmm. we truly believe if our clients don't clients, friends, athletes, there's so many um, ways to describe them. Uh, if our clients don't feel safe with us and they don't feel supported and loved and valued and welcomed into our community, then how can we expect to make a difference in them and their fitness and their overall health and well-being? If they don't look forward to coming to Dwala just to spend time with their coaches and their friends and their classes, then how can we make a lasting impact? So, you know, Jake taught me a long time ago um, in our, when we were dating a long time ago, uh, about the emotional bank account. And that's a concept that has always stuck with me, um, especially in regards to Dwala. Uh, when a client comes in, to, not a client, I keep saying client, I really should say family member, friend, um, a Dwalian, if you will. Uh, when they come into Dwala, we want to make an investment into their emotional bank account. So when they leave, we filled it up. Even if it's just a penny, a dollar, $10, $100, whatever, you know, type of currency you want to think of it in, think of it as, um, that for us is what Dwala is relationships, it's community, it's family, mm -hmm. it's being supported. And then the fitness happens. Then the transformation happens without trust. There's really, there's not much you can do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really, and, and I think a lot of you that have been around for the years, you know, we're, we're coming up on five years 
which is truly hard to believe. And if you're new at the gym, you probably wouldn't even believe what, what the gym used to look like and, and how everything flowed. I used to coach every single class every day, um, which people probably hated by the end of the day because come 6.30, I had been up for 12 hours, coached nine classes and could barely keep my eyes open. But it, there's just been such a change. And I think all of that has to do with how much Corinne and I have just invested all of our love and our compassion and everything that we have is about making this the absolute best hour of your day. So we, we, we try everything that we're doing, all of the planning, all of the workshops and everything that we do, all of that is, is secondary to creating a community. And that really goes back to almost my time in Zimbabwe. You've, you've never met a community until you are living in a village where people have to rely on each other. You know, again, there's no running water, there's no electricity, so you might need to share a fire with your neighbor or or you might have more food than they do and you and you cook a meal and allow them to eat it, which are just incredible things to witness. And obviously living in East Cobb, we don't really have that issue. Um, if you need food, you'll go to Kroger or Publix or Whole Foods or Sprouts or you name it. Uh, the, the power's only out if there's a freak storm of some sort, but but being in a true community where people rely on each other and have each other's backs was really the foundation of what I was hoping to create. Um, people ask me all the time, you know, what was the vision? The vision for me is I wanted to create a gym that I wanted to work out at. I've had a little bit different experience in CrossFit than Corinne has. She was working at two gyms in Atlanta that were probably some of the biggest gyms around with some really big names and, and they've, they've been awesome gyms and I've worked at different gyms all across the board and, and so we've had these vastly different experiences of what we've done, when, where, and how and I think that's what's helped us create such a positive and loving environment is, is seeing both sides we've of learned. it. We've seen it all. Well, and one, one thing that Jake and I love to do is when we travel, we love – Love, love, love dropping into other gyms mm-hmm. and seeing, okay, how how do they run their programs here? What's it like when you come in and you're mm-hmm. greeted? You know, what's the breakdown of the class? How's the programming? What's the layout of the gym? You know, what are services they offer or don't offer that, you know, make the experience that much better? Um, but for, you know, it's, we really do our best to make Douala the place that our our family and friends look forward to coming to every single day and that when they don't come in, they're, they're bummed. Like we, like we want you guys to be like, man, I wasn't able to make it to the gym today. That workout looked terrible and I didn't want to do it, but all my friends were there and I really wish I could have made it. Um, we want to make it an environment where people, they want to come in. They look forward to coming, Mm -hmm. uh, to the gym to work out and, um, to take a different direction on this one. You know, for me, um, I, shifted my focus from wanting to go to medical school or PA school or perhaps nursing school. I was, you know, torn trying to figure out what I wanted to do. She just wanted to cut people open. <laughs> I just want to cut. Well, yeah. But, um, once, once I saw, you know, what kind of impact you could have on someone, uh, for the long term, when you really tapped into, uh, their emotional bank accounts and learn how to reach into someone and figure out, you know, okay, like how do I get this person to trust me and how do I get this person, you know, to turn off that switch in their head that says, I can't do this, I'm not capable to, or I'm not able to, or I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. How can I figure out what triggers triggers them mm-hmm. to make them get out of their own heads, be more confident, be more brave, and show them that working out and health and fitness are actually not a scary, mm-hmm. intimidating thing, but that it's actually a very fun, exciting thing. Um, and that if you can 
if you can reach someone on an emotional, in a, in a good emotional place, you know, you can really make a change for the long term. You really can. Yeah. And I think I was always pretty hard on Corinne. Not that I didn't want her to be a doctor or a PA or all this. I just, I didn't see the need in having to go off to school and, and do all these other things. And, and I'm not going to sit here and debate about our medical system at all because doctors are amazing. But it's at the end of the day, she could have possibly just been a doctor and prescribing pills versus now she has the ability to help people actually have weight loss. There's, you know, there's a lot of things that are missing there's a, from that side. There's a side. time and place for prescriptions. Absolutely. And there's a time and place for a doctor to step in to prescribe, you know, specific diets. And that's a whole other topic we can go into. But what I realized that I enjoyed is I love, I coach at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. every day. Um, I love seeing my clients day in, day out, and being being their rock of their of their fitness world and, and being that person they can lean on and depend on and go to for support um, and being the person that keeps them accountable for constantly pursuing their health, but not just pursuing their health, but pursuing also CrossFit is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, pursuing that one hour in the day where you can come in, shake off some stress, sweat, pass out a few high fives and like fist bumps and have fun. Like it's a, it's almost an adult playground. You know, mm-hmm. you come in, you de-stress and it's so different from the rest of the day uh, that we have, you know, in, in the U S where it's, you know, everything's so rushed and crazy and there's not a lot of interaction because of social media and phones and all that stuff. Um, you know, we have something really, really special at Dwala where you can come in, um, come in, see your friends, work out, be healthy, and you have a coach there that truly cares and look and looks forward to seeing you and seeing your progress and and helping you along the way. You know, and every, it's it's an amazing thing to do. It's we are so lucky to be able to do that um at our gym. And it's I have a hard time going to sleep at night. Hmm. I I legitimately have a hard time going to sleep at night because I am so excited to go to work the next day. It's a reoccurring problem. Yeah. Seriously. Every night I'm yelling at her to go to bed. But don't worry. The 5 a.m. class, when I coach on Wednesdays, I try to go to bed early. I am am ready because I am not adapted to that early sleep schedule. It sounds so silly, but Sunday nights, when I know the week's programming is coming and it's just awesome programming and I know it's going to be fun to coach, it'll be fun to watch my athletes go through it. Um, I sit up at night and I cannot fall asleep because I'm so excited to go to work and coach. I love it. I absolutely love it. Huh. Never get tired of it. And just sitting here and listening to you talk and, and thinking and brainstorming. In case you guys are wondering, we have no script. Uh, I'm sure you guys were 22 minutes and you probably have a pretty good idea. We have no script. We're just talking. We're just telling you guys from our heart, you know, how we feel about everything. But I think the biggest thing about Corinne and I, the, the, the overwhelming, you know, similarity we have is we just wanted to help people. You know, from from day one, uh, I just I just knew that this was the the path that I wanted to take, and I've never, you know, had any had second guesses. I from day number one when I opened the gym and I had zero members, and you know, Trip, if you're listening, Trip was in my first class, uh, Dave oh, Moore, and, and, and then, Marie is also an original. Yeah, a lot of these people are original. A lot of people have been around, but it was. Um, you know, I opened, I opened the gym and I had zero members. A lot of gyms will open up and have already, you know, established a pretty decent base, but I just knew in my heart, this was what I wanted to do. This is my passion. Um, thankfully when I first brought it up to my parents sometime in 2012 saying, Oh, I'm going to open up a gym. Uh, they were questioning it. They weren't sure it was the best decision. Um, but my parents being as supportive as they were and I, and I kept hard on things. 
for those of you that know me, I've got a lot of ideas. My ideas never stop rolling. Jake is the creator, and I'm the systems maker. Yeah, that's for sure. That's, um, that's what we do. But anyways, at first when I brought this up to my parents, they, they were very sweet about it and were like, yeah, no, I'm sure that's going to be great and all. But hope, hope, secretly hoping he would change direction. I don't even know if they were secretly hoping. They Probably. just they knew me as as <laughs> such a bouncer around of ideas and always having things going that they were like, oh, surely this will be a month or a two month thing. And I'm sure now looking back, they're probably shocked that I'm still with it. Uh, but now I know that they don't have any doubts. They they realize how much that Corinne and I both love this and 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 how just attached we are to you guys. And if you're not listening, if you're listening to this and you're not a member of Dwala, you probably don't understand quite what we're talking about. Um, but for those of you that are members of Dwala, we really hope that you do feel that. You know how much we care about you guys and, and how much, seriously, every day, 24-7, 365, we are thinking about the gym. We come home from work, sometimes around 6, 6.37, something like that. The first thing we start doing is talking about our day and what we're doing tomorrow and the rest of the week and other ideas. And, and it, it just really never stops, but I've never thought in a million years I would have a job that I loved waking up for. Kind of like what Corinne was saying, I personally don't have a problem sleeping. And that again, <laughs> if you know me. He also does not have to get up every day at 4 a.m. No, I don't, I don't get up at 4. But, but with that being said, it's, it's one of those things that it's, a, it's an amazing thing to wake up every morning and know that you're actually helping people. It, you know, we've got people like Russ Wilson. Russ, you're you're down what a, probably a hundred and thirty pounds since beginning. I mean, you lost he lost a human, you know, a whole yeah. a whole other person off of him. He's you know, there's no way to say how much time on his life he saved or this that or the other. But you know, we've helped people get off their blood pressure medicine and their depression medicine. You mm-hmm. you name it, we've helped people, and that's the coolest thing is when you actually can see. Not only the weight loss, because all those pictures are cool and whatnot, but it's getting off the medications. It's, you know, you, you, you're doing better at work because your energy is up. You're sleeping better it's at night. It's helping moms be able to pick up their kids yeah. and dads be able to, you know, play with their kids in the yard and throw a ball. And there goes one of our dogs <laughs> drinking water again. That would be Zeus. Um, Zeus is thirsty. We're also getting fancy headphones and everything in the future. We well, just don't have those yet. We will impro- yeah, we will improve this process. Actually, we were uh, talking to one of our friends today, and she gave us a lot of great pointers, Leah Castellanos. Yes, so shout if, out to Leah. Thank if you. If she happens to ever be listening to us, I listened, and we will get on that. Um, but uh, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not just, you know, getting people fitter, faster, stronger. It's making changes to their daily lives so where dads can throw a ball at their kids in the yard moms can pick up their toddlers um grandparents can pick up their grandkids Mm -hmm. or you know our older clients being able to go to the grocery store and grab a bag of dog food or a gallon of water and not have to ask for help you know it's giving people independence on a longer term Mm um you know it's a really cool thing to watch and we are so lucky to be able to be a part of, of that journey um i think one of my favorite, favorite parts to see, especially, is watching, sorry guys, watching some of my ladies um, who, for whatever reason, have never been exposed to, you know, lifting weights or training hard or sweating and, you know, doing gym stuff. And seeing them come out of their shell and realizing, whoa, 
my body is actually capable of doing all these things that society, for whatever reason, told me yeah. I couldn't. Not only is it capable, but your body wants you to it move wants like you to. this. Yeah. Your, bo- your body craves the movement and craves getting out right. and getting sun and running and rowing and, see, and lifting weights. Your body craves right. this type of stuff. And it's this really cool cycle where once you give somebody the skills to be able to do something with their body they couldn't before... It also affects, you know, their their emotional well being too, their emotional well being as well. So, you know, once I gain someone's trust, I teach them to do a box jump. Then they can do a box jump. Then all of a sudden, they just feel so great and excited and awesome. They can do a box jump. Then next thing you know, they go to work and at work, you know, they realize, hey, you know, at the gym, I learned how to jump in a twenty inch box. So today, I'm gonna learn how to do blah 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 something different at their work that maybe before they weren't as you know, excited about learning, maybe they were shying away or, you know, or they were intimidated by it. But, you know, it's really cool to watch the whole transformation. We And we have um, a lot of really cool stories at Dwala. You know, yeah. one, Carter Olszewski yeah. lost 50 pounds yeah. or so. And, and, and you'll, and you'll hear some of these in the future. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have some meetings with some we're different, do different cool. members and friends and whatnot. Exactly. But. So we're planning on having podcasts or is it just called a podcast, right? Yeah, this is called a podcast. Right. This is, that's what this is. <laughs> but, um, you know, at one point we'll probably interview Carter and have you guys hear about his story and his transformation. You know, shy kid had put on some weight, you know, after his football years, uh, you know, was introvert, you know, head down, headphones plugged in, really wouldn't talk to, so was terrified of Carter, me. an introvert. And now, used to be. now he comes in, shirt off, talking to everyone. <laughs> we have to get him to stop talking to work out. But we love you, Carter. Anyhow, we have so many cool stories from you know our teen clients, masters clients, our normal moms and dads. Um, you know, even some of our coaches have some really cool stories to say, uh, and we really plan on interviewing everyone mm-hmm. we have at Dwala because we have a really, really awesome community full of just incredible stories and transformations and um we are lucky to have been a part of their journeys and i mean we just have the best job ever it's not even a job it's a passion for sure yeah and we just you know again we just we just love this job we we are so excited and we've been talking about this podcast idea for a while and i think it's an amazing way that not only we can answer your questions but we can get out there and and reach people on the outside because at the end of the day it doesn't matter to me if they join CrossFit Dwalla, but getting people off the couch and into fitness, whether that's just running on your own or doing, you know, what are, what are those, you know, videos on TV, you can do beach body, all these, mm-hmm. all these different things. It's just getting up and getting people moving. Um, and we just have the incredible job of being able to help people get fitter, get healthier, get off medications. And so we just thank you guys for, for trusting in us. It's, it's crazy to believe that we're almost five years in and we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients. We still have close to 300 clients at the gym now. And it's just amazing that you guys trust in us and you come back every month, every day uh, and put in the work because it's yeah. fun for us to to be at a place like this. And again, we've seen communities that weren't even remotely close to this. You guys have have created or helped us create a very special community and and we we hear that a lot, especially when we have drop-ins that are experienced CrossFitters coming from another gym. There's always so much positive feedback, and I think a lot of that has to do with you guys. So make sure you get on social media, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Send us a message with what you want to hear us talk about on the podcast. Um, we going- already we have a few things that are listed already. Yep. We have uh, we'll do a nutrition one with our uh, registered dietitians, uh, breakthrough strength nutrition. Uh, we'll be doing one, um, most likely with uh, 
uh, our members like Carter Olszewski, yep, plug yep. Rusty Wilson on here. Yep, we'll get Jenny Kopak about some mobility, therapist. some prehab and rehab. Right. Um, we'll have the ladies from BirthFit most yes, likely on. talk about pregnancy and we'll CrossFit. Talk, yep. We'll also also do one on um, our programming philosophy, which I mm-hmm. think they'll probably won't be one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, talk about why we do programming a certain way at Dwala, mm-hmm. a certain way at Dwala, uh, which is which is still CrossFit. We do odds every day, but yeah. every, some things around that are different. Um, and we'll talk about you know why we do things a certain way. And then yeah. we had a few questions about you know strength versus cardio, yeah. that kind of stuff. So we definitely make our, we're gonna make our way through um, the list. We plan on keeping this up one podcast a week. So at least one podcast. At week. least one. Podcast. I could see us yeah, possibly doing right. more in the future. If you guys really want to hear a lot of things, we are willing to do that. So yeah. Um, we well, I actually don't even know how to post this yet. So. Pretty soon I will be posting this. This is Monday afternoon. I'll post this on this is, as many different sites as I can. This is take one. Yeah, this is take one. Hopefully the sound is okay for everybody. But again, we're going to get a professional microphone for next week at least. Um, and going forward, we'll continue to make this better and better and answer all the questions you guys have. So we appreciate you tuning in. This is the end of Dwala Talk, episode one. Thanks, guys.